0: It was the astronaut Neil Armstrong who passed away this year who made one of the most memorable statements of the 20th century when he remarked, one small step for man, or a man, one giant leap for mankind. So I'd like you to indulge me. Allow me to tell you a story about another small step. And some of you have already heard this before, but bear with me. It happened every night around 10. A waiter on the Upper West Side at a legendary Italian restaurant, Carmine's, making sure all of his tables were comfortably sipping cappuccinos and enjoying big bowls of tiramisu would quietly slip out the back of the restaurant. Pushing through the screen door on 91st Street, he found himself in the dark steps leading up from the restaurant and onto 91st Street, immediately to his right, right here, Literally one step away were stairs leading to the side entrance of another legendary Upper West Side institution, the young Israel of the Upper West Side, right next to each other. One small step. (laughs) And yet so fraught with background, so much background as that 29 year old young man living in the new york city i was lost and pretty stuck i had spent a few post high school years in a jerusalem yeshiva and as an 18 year old i had fallen in love with judaism though i was brought up in an orthodox home it was only in my late adolescence that i discovered a deep passion a deep passion for learning and for teaching a passion not ignited within the confines of my previous orthodox environs. I even felt strongly at that time that I had a calling as a rabbi. Things happened though, and after a few years, I left. And during the ensuing seven years, I left Judaism completely, and set out exploring other paths of spirituality, and developed, and healing. Yoga, meditation, breath work, and body work all enriched me personally, and develop me spiritually. And yet, with all that I experienced, my soul wouldn't let me go. It kept tugging at me. I resisted career options that were presented because, well, I I tasted true love. And Judaism was my first. I just couldn't figure out how to get back. I couldn't map out a path that would lead me home. But home is where I wanted to go. So there I was every night, slipping out the back door. And when safely out of sight of the kitchen staff, I would step over and onto the dark steps of the adjacent synagogue. And there, alone and a bit lonely, I would offer a few psalms that I knew by heart. Shir ha imam adonai. God, please, to help me find a way home. I would pray for clarity and for wisdom. One small step, and an entire universe away, one small step carrying so much weight and so much baggage. I wonder how many of us practice these steps in the dark. Afraid to risk or lose afraid to risk or win, inured by where we stand, or who we are, or you name it. There are many alibis. After all, someone once said famously, we're only human, and that's the eternal alibi. Isn't it true, everyone here, isn't it true, tell me, that one step can change your whole life? One small step? I saw an extraordinary documentary a couple of months ago. I'm sure many of you have seen it. It cut right through me, right here. I saw it like nine times. The movie Man on Wire tells the story of an outrageously, outrageous act of courage, reckless abandon, and cunning creative criminality. On August 7th, 1974, a A Frenchman named Philippe Petit stepped out on a wire illegally rigged between the New York World Trade Center's Twin Towers. After dancing for nearly an hour on the wire, dancing on the wire, he was arrested, taken for psychological evaluation, (laughs) and brought to jail before he was finally released. What they wrote, the, the criminal offense was man on wire. But here's how, here's how Colin McCann, in his book Let the Great World Spin, described that unbelievable day almost four decades ago. He writes, On Church Street, Liberty, Cortland, West Street, Fulton, Vesey, it was a silence that heard itself, awful and beautiful. Some thought at first that it must have been a trick of the light, something to do with the weather, an accident of Shadow Fall, Others figured it might be the perfect city joke. Stand around and point upward until people gathered, tilted their heads, (laughs) nodded, affirmed, until all were staring upward at nothing at all, like waiting for the end of a Lenny Bruce gag. But the longer they watched, the surer they were. He stood at the very edge of the building, shaped dark against the gray of the morning. A window washer, maybe? a construction worker, a jumper. Up there at the height of 110 stories, utterly still, a dark toy against the cloudy sky. Up there at the height of 110 stories, utterly still, a dark toy against the cloudy sky. I was very moved by the stark image of Petit alone on a wire, 1,400 feet in the air. Watching Petit step out on the wire, I couldn't help but think of our very human condition, balanced on a wire between life and death, birth and passing. The lone typewrote walker intentionally and artfully confronts us with a fact we would prefer to deny, indeed, we must deny and actively resist knowing it if we are to manage this living business that we're in. There he is, making obvious to one and all a fact that we try to avoid at all cost. We will die. It is inevitable. It could be today. It could be any day. We deny this truth," Ernst Becker wrote in the denial of death, because we wouldn't be able to get on with that business of living were we aware of our radical contingency, our absolute vulnerability. We are each of us walking along a very thin strip of life, a taut wire strung between two metaphoric towers, suspended between two monumental realities, behind us birth and before us death. Man on wire and all such feats, they fascinate us. They grip us not only because the spectacle is extraordinary, but precisely because we intuit correctly that we too live a life of small steps with great consequence. We all live on that wire. (laughs) All the world is a narrow bridge, Rav Nachman wrote. A narrow bridge between the nothingness at the beginning and the nothingness at the end. And we spend our whole lives on this precarious span, often unaware that we are even on it. And then one day, we wake up. We see it and we're terrified. We say to ourselves, My God, what have I been doing with my life? The rabbis had an expression, Kvitzat Haderech, shortening of the way. It expressed a sense of telescoping a journey, the sense of crossing an impossible distance in a few brief strides. Man on wire is a Kvitzat Haderech. A capturing of the long way of our life in a couple of hundred feet. And the high holidays are a kfitzat haderech. The high holidays compact in ten days. A tangible manifestation of that bridge. A voyage from birth to death in ten days' time. Rosh Hashanah is all about birth. Hayom harat olam. And Yom Kippur is all about death. The day is the world is born, and Yom Kippur is the day we die. This day, tonight through tomorrow, is a day devoted to waking up, to placing us precisely and unflinchingly where we are all the time, but don't realize it, on that wire. It isn't easy to face, but whether we like it or not, this day of awe awakens us to this awful reality. Once a year on Yom Kippur, in antiquity, one person, the high priest, entered the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Hakodeshim, a sacred center which all the elaborate structural elegance of the temple rested around. And the rabbis tell us that inside the Holy of Holies, there was almost nothing, a vacated space. At the center of our holiest sacred place, The sacred heart was full of that nothingness. On this day on Yom Kippur, we enter into that place, the vacated space. We experience the charged emptiness that is at the sacred center. Back to that guy Becker in the denial of death. He said, That while all sentient beings die, we humans are the only ones who know that we will die. All of our lives, according to Becker, are an accommodation to this dreaded intelligence, he wrote. Terrified of this emptiness, seeing it as other negation, we defend against it with all of our might. Against the encroachment of nothingness, we fill our lives with stuff. Against the ultimate negation, we strive for success. Against the terror of that nothingness, we often construct an identity that buffers us from that truth. But none of this works. None of it works. For in the chilling air of that death-defying altitude of the high wire, our choices clarify as we realize what is really at stake. And what's at stake is everything. So we are here tonight to remind ourselves that indeed we are living on that wire, walking that narrow bridge, and in light of that recognition, awaken ourselves to live lives that are consequential and courageous. We're here tonight to touch that sacred nothingness we dance around, the empty void that calls to us, regardless of the avoid dance that we dance. So we wake up, we come to, We take a breath and behold, here we are living on the wire. Wow. Now what? We may feel we can't move. We can't go forward. We're stuck. And only that, we're all alone. So though we walk that wire alone, everyone, look around you right now, everybody, and see all of those who are walking their wires. We're all in this together, aren't we? We are each of us radically alone, and yet though we are living as if there is no net, we are interneted. woven together by a common fate and a common heart across time and space. We walk together with and are held by a great throng of people who each, in his or her own way, walked and is walking that wire. And isn't that what we are doing here tonight? Aren't you and I and each of us here waiting for someone to say, I walk the wire too? Here, follow me. If we step out of questions of theology and philosophy, if we admit that we don't know ultimate questions about God's existence and the nature of the books that we are being written into this day, aren't each of us gathering strength and offering it to one another, holding each other, offering stability as we navigate our unique path and as we prepare for that wire that stretches ahead in the year to come? While the language of the Yom Kippur service is about God, the reality of Yom Kippur is about us. How we gather, how we come together to hold one another as the wire of the year stretches, asking us to hold one another as we each step out onto that treacherous wire and into the year. We're not alone. But some of us stop moving Some of us step out onto the wire and then stand still, afraid of moving at all. That was me. Some of us imagine that being on the wire, we can just sit and stall. The strategy goes like this. This is the strategy. If I don't move, I can postpone arriving at the other side. No movement means more time on the wire. That's the thinking. The whole world is a narrow bridge, Rav Nachman said. But there is more to that line than we sang. And the most important thing, the essential thing, have no fear at all. Walking courageously forward involves one thing, says the Midrash. One thing and one thing only if you leave here tonight, this Midrash. Open for me, God says, the eye of a needle and I will open for you a hall. Open a small opening and I will meet you. One small step. Pitcho shel machat. The only rule for walking the wire, says the Midrash, is take one step. Big steps are great, small steps are more stable. <laughs> we are met by the force of life when we have the courage to step in, to step out, to step over. Courage is nothing more than taking one step more than you think you can. Pitchuli ki pitchoshul machad. Take one small step. Some of you remember early in the year we were visited by an amazing woman, Mirabai Starr, the author of a book remarkably called The God of Love. Remarkable because in a moment you'll see she visited us and she spoke in a radiant, powerful way. She's an accomplished author and a professor. And at the height of her career, tragedy struck. On the very day that her first book was published, the translation of the work of Christian mysticism called The Dark Night of the Soul, on that very day, as the phone rang to tell her that she had finally published the book, the phone rang again to tell her that her 14-year-old daughter had been killed in a car accident. She writes, there was nowhere to hide when radical sorrow unraveled the fabric of my life. I could rage against the terrible unknown, and I did, for I'm human, she said. And I have this vulnerable body, this passionate heart and complicated mind. Or I could turn toward the pain itself. I didn't do it right away, nor was I able to sustain it when I did manage a breath of surrender. But gradually, I learned to take one breath, one step. Perhaps you recall the story of Oscar Pistorius this past summer, who was born with a genetic disorder, a defect in his legs. He had both of his legs amputated below the knee when he was 11 months old. And one step at a time, he became one of the world's premier athletes Maybe you're familiar with countless stories of courage and radical living on life's wire, but the Midrash is clear. Taking one step means having the courage to reach forward to healing instead of backward to resentment. Taking one step, we breathe into our pain and not around it. Taking one step, we engage in small acts of loving kindness and spiritual practice, knowing that each and every act adds holiness to the world we live in. Taking one step, we finally pack up or maybe admit we need help doing that after we've tried everything else and it still feels wrong. Taking one step, we finally allow ourselves to stop fighting against who we really are, to come out and be true and what we are called to become. Taking one step means knowing a friend could really use a quick phone call, and we leave a sweet message and brighten their day. And we take one step along the wire, when in shock and in pain, we allow ourselves to be held by the community and family that we, we call our own. We have a web of life, each of us in a journey each at different points along our respective wires, but all all of our work is the same regardless. Take one step, breathe one breath, open one door, forgive one person, and ask one question. It's true in the end. We do naively believe we are immune to death, and certainly my own immunity has weakened. As as I've inched my way out on my wire, I feel my fear of falling encroach on mundane moments. I don't want to reach the other side too quickly without checking everything off my list. I I have become quite adept at doing quick arithmetic If my youngest son, Bear, marries at 30, I'll only be 70. (laughs) Watching my boys grow so quickly, I'm acutely aware of how fleeting these moments are. I want to hold them. I want to ingest them. I want to freeze the moments for later to absorb. I feel now with every day the weight of each step I take as I am brought to the other side of the wire. I walked by the restaurant the other day, and I stood there for a moment. There were busboys and waiters out in the back. They were gathered around the vortex that was once my charged Holy of Holies. It has been over a decade and I've stayed close by. In fact, I live around the corner. But on that day, I wasn't just visiting I wanted to show my boys bare and tall where their Abba had worked and where late at night before they were a twinkle in anyone's eye when no one was looking, their Abba had become a tightrope walker. As he stepped out onto the wire, Petit famously remarked, something was calling me on that wire. I couldn't resist it. And I didn't make any effort to resist. And death is very close. Says the Talmud, against your will, you are called into this world. We were all called by the wire, and though we tried, we couldn't resist it. For the next 25 hours, the wire awaits us, and life is very close. It is calling us, and we mustn't resist it. Many of you will want to make radical changes, sprinting out of the block, ready to run a spiritual marathon. That's great. But for most of us, though, our year ahead, our journey ahead, will begin with one step. This Yom Kippur, I beg you, let's take a small step together. Please rise.